0: Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. Today, I have the privilege of talking with a great friend of mine, Jill. I am so honored to have her on here. Jill, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: And one of the things she was just saying before we started was that this is vulnerable. She's getting out of her comfort zone and she feels that her story needs to be told to give others hope, which is the whole purpose of the podcast. So I'm going to just jump right in with you. Um,
1: Tell me about your marriage. So before I got married, um, being raised Jewish, it was important that um, I married somebody Jewish in my mind, messages directly or indirectly. And, um, I have a twin sister and she would do everything 10 years before me. So I was single for a really long time and I had a career and, um, I honestly wasn't sure I was going to get married. And, um, you, you, want to? you know what I thought I was supposed to. Okay. So it wasn't so much of a want. There was a part of me that wanted to, but that was because of the messages that I thought that oh, my messages do. weren't
0: thought. Mine were very clear. My papa, when I came home from college and I was 19, he's like, when are you going to get married? You're an old maid. Because yeah. my mother was 18 and my grandmother was 17. When they right, got married. right, right. It was a very different time. And very so when different. I was in my early 20s, I'm like, oh my God, what if I'm alone forever, which is the exactly. worst time on earth to think about that.
1: Right. Ever. And my twin, here's a good one. My twin got engaged at 21, got married at 22 in the early 90s, which was still young back then. And she married my parents' best friend's son.
0: Oh my goodness! You, you might as well just. So live I wasn't a
1: even so happy. right? I, was, I mean, I was like, so I was just like, you know, not how do you compete with that? She's my best friend, and I was so happy for her, and so it was just like out there, like the pressure to meet somebody who is Jewish and get married, and then you know, then I'm in my late twenties, and then I'm in my early thirties, and I ended up um, marrying. I, I want to say my ex husband is just one of the nicest, sweetest people you will ever, ever meet. So my part of my story really is, is that. That's a
0: testament to who you are and to how both of you have worked, because that's
1: not easy to say. No, 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 no. Right. And I knew um, it was one of my best friend's cousin, and I knew her for years before I met him. And um, the other piece is that um, I was a social worker and I saw a lot of dysfunction in families. And before I met him, I worked in domestic violence in the Jewish community for, four solid years. And so Wait, I would be. Pause.
0: There's not domestic violence in the Jewish community.
1: Correct. Right.
0: That's like what my grandmother thought when I told her we were, I was an alcoholic. She's like, no, no, no. Jews no. Don't drink. And I'm like, no, yeah, no, no, so, there's not. So. And it he
1: helped me. <laughs> right. So you already have this checklist, yes. right, of like they have to be Jewish and blah, 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 and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm looking at the clinical piece of, you know, their pathology and looking at who would make a good husband and do this, do this, do this, and who would be a great dad. Um, so I go into it with this different kind of checklist and then. I find this person and he's wonderful. And I think I know a lot about his family cause there's a the whole family dynamic as well. Let's not forget that. And we both come from very dynamic, um, strong families, close knit, um, in, a, in a good way, solid. Uh, but you bring that together and um, it can get complicated if you let it. It's a lot of personalities. Lot and with a, I don't lot, know of, if a tell, lot of you can tell that I have a big one, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so, part of that, so I got married, I was almost 33, so it was late in the game. Which,
0: by the way, for listeners, as a Jewish woman, is old not in my eyes by any means. No, I but think totally that maybe by the time you're in your mid 30s, you probably have some idea of what you want. I had no idea by the so time I was getting married.
1: That's the beginning of what I was looking for, and um. When I was excited to for the process mm-hmm. and the idea of, um, and again, this is all my stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I'll get married and then my life will be okay because I'm gonna marry somebody who's Jewish and he's kind and he's gonna be, you know, do all the things I need because it's me, 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 me. I have a question looking back from where yeah. you are today, were there any red
0: flags about you and him in the relationship in the beginning?
1: Here's my answer to that. I spent my first year of marriage in treatment for an eating disorder.
0: Oh, so there's a red flag for him about you. (laughs) There
1: are so many red flags for him. Uh, (laughs) Yes, before the wedding, it wasn't just like anorexic bride. It was... How am I going to be able to control other people my way? I don't know if this is what I want. I don't know what it's like to be with the same person the rest of my life. I don't, this is sister Jill. I was so selfish. So there were red flags. So that was my first year. And then it just was like, well, what can I do to make me happy? So there were red flags along and I just kept trying to make it work. And then it was like, well, if we have a child. But wait, I have a question. How are things between the two of you? So I put on a really good act. I, you know, looking back now that I'm divorced and we were married almost uh, 18 years, and we just cleaned out our house not too long ago, and I was looking at pictures. And so when if you ask me that,
0: can I just say? pictures are so confusing they because really. when i was going through the process of that horrible painful like therapy figuring out what we should do
1: yeah i would look on my
0: phone and scroll through all the pictures and in all the pictures this was a happy family yeah but what do you do when someone has a camera out? what do they say to the person that they're taking a picture of Smile.
1: exactly right, right.
0: They right. don't say, I'd like to capture a picture of you feeling lonely right. and sad right. and broken. You make sure your
1: depression. Right.
0: <laughs> show <laughs> it.
1: So um, I remember like even the day before, you know, and it was like this wedding at this fancy blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, again, it was all like the show. And I want to believe that I wanted to marry him. I want to believe that um, I thought that I would be happy. And I couldn't, I just then started going through the motions. So I can honestly say when, before I walked down the aisle, I was like, "Mm, I am petrified. So a lot of that, you know, the eating stuff came in of what I could control and what I couldn't. So I'm like, okay, first year's rough. So I didn't even work the first year. And I had this career I had before that. Um, So. And he quit his job three weeks before we got married. And I'm like, it's fine. Uh, you know, like, it's all good. you know." Okay. Yeah. So when you say red flags, there were. But um, I was so selfish that I was trying to be not selfish and be supportive, which I didn't know how to do that. Dur- and before. we a picture of our life to be how we planned it. And
0: right. so when regular life happens, we're like, oh, it's okay that you. Right, have-
1: right, right. And my own stuff of me not being, yeah. you know, happy with myself is yeah. where it all does go back to. Yeah. But I was like, okay, you know, I would, we, we both would pick the wrong things to be supportive about, which is an accident, no accident. So within the first year, we actually did go to therapy within our second year, um, starting to like, okay, I have to get back to real life. I have this degree. I'm a therapist. I don't want to work in domestic violence. I know that. But, you know, I have skills. I'm going to go to work. And um, I got a job, and he was working, and we, his schedule, he worked in the uh, media business, and so the news doesn't ever stop, and he worked really crazy hours. So he'd either be like the 5, 6 o'clock news or 11 o'clock news, or he'd shift to being at work at 4 a.m., the morning news so we had this like opposite schedule which for me that worked for me because then I didn't have to do that like connecting and connect and you know I could still do me and again having a twin is not always the easiest of things because we always had our own connection so my sister did get divorced actually after 17 years of marriage and I was probably only married a couple years at that point then how did that
0: feel for your world when her with the perfect, everything is getting a divorce. Was this the first close divorce to you?
1: Yeah. We, there was one relative in my entire family that ever got divorced. And so maybe, how,
0: how was that with you with your sister? Like when that was happening, you know, I was just
1: there to be supportive and I had all my training, you know, as right. a clinician and, and, and my best friend and her kids were like my kids because I got married so late. So I got to be a- auntie, yeah. auntie Jill. And that's what, you know, so it was great. I could be there for her. Um, and I was already married when she got divorced, but I, you know, um, yeah, I did. So the other thing that, that happened then was um, we went through marital therapy and we took like a personality, you know, those, those tests. And you went through premarital therapy or, or? This was a second year of marriage. We went to therapy. Because things were. The communication wasn't, awesome. you know, I'm very, he's very passive. Yeah. so which is why we connected at first in that way that he would just kind of say, okay, whatever it is that I can do to right. help you, I will do. Yeah. So um, we needed to just have better communication because yeah. selfishly I knew that if I didn't want to communicate with him, I didn't have to cause he wasn't going to communicate. He wasn't going to
0: push. So and you know, I, it's, what's really interesting is, so I do these anonymous surveys of actually married couples Yeah. and, um, in the anonymous surveys of married couples, the number one tool that they found that helped them continue was better communication. No brainer. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Do you know um, the top three biggest problems in a marriage with children?
1: Uh, finances. Okay. Um, I would say communication.
0: It, it's okay. listening.
1: It's speaking okay. and listening. Okay. What else? Um, and then like how you raise discipline. Your kids. So you got two out of three. So
0: of my people that answered, 30% said money. 30% said, and they didn't choose only one. They chose like the main ones.
1: 30% Mm -hmm.
0: said kid stuff. And then 80% said sex sex life. I was getting there, girl. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what's so interesting? So us people who have been through the divorce, who are willing to talk about it, know that's one of the things. Yeah. But the people, I mean society does not talk about it.
1: No. When you're planning
0: your wedding, no one's sitting down with you and saying, are you sexually compatible?
1: Totally. And I knew that from being, working in domestic violence because one of the abuse, you know, the different types of abuse was sexual. So I had heard the horror stories and, you know, was like, yeah, people don't talk about that compatibility. Um, By the
0: way, I have three boys, you know, and they're young. They're 14 13 and 11. And I talk to them about all of that. And I tell them like, you need to make sure when you get with your partner, when you're ready to have that commitment that you guys are on the same page in the intimate physical area, because not judgment on either side, but it's a really big problem in marriages. You want to find someone that you're compatible with just like you, if you are an adventure seeker and you like Netflix
1: it's not going to fit,
0: right? If right. one of you is so different in that area
1: than the other, that's something to talk about. about oh, for sure. And on. that was probably the biggest, the biggest, not so much the sex thing, just the, just the over, intimacy, the overall incompatibility. The like the first thing, right. my therapist is like, where's the compatibility? I was like, oh, that a thing? Right. Knowing
0: all this. Um, right, and I because in it, it I we liked antiquing and we liked the
1: same TV shows right now not i mean that's i have kind of a carly israel quote right now Go that i hold near and dear to my heart that uh i might quote it wrong so let me just say that the next person i'm with is going to touch my soul before, before they, they touch they your touch body me. yes
0: so what you what jill's referring to mm-hmm. Listeners, mm-hmm. listeners is something in our recovery program <clears throat> I'm 21 years sober that I've made for myself for what I want in my future sex life and my current sex life, not just physical, just like intimate, whoever I'm going to be with. I'm not going to allow them to touch my body until they've touched my soul, which means I have to let them in. I have to trust them. I have to give to them parts of me that I don't normally want to give to anybody, my heart, my mind. And, and if I would have gone based on that, I would have been a virgin because <laughs> I didn't let anybody touch my soul. Well,
1: amen. And
0: I would have been like, I'm going to wear white
1: because I will not let you in. Right. I mean, walls. I think I had a therapist once tell me that I had um, Fort Knox around my heart. <laughs> it's true. I had an
0: ice. And whenever I would start crying, when I started working through the process, um, I was told that that was the ice melting around my heart. Because for me, my survival skills growing up were keep your outsides looking good, don't let anyone talk to you about your insides, and don't trust anyone. And that messed up my relationship. So for listeners who have children that are going through a divorce, that are thinking about mostly all the drama and everything of the legal process of divorce and what you want, what they want, what I want you to hear from all of us is that that causes emotional harm to your children and then the the emotional harm to your children ends up being children who grow up into adults who don't know how to have successful relationships because they see their only role models behaving a certain way and focusing their emphasis on money or success or things or what she did or what he did rather Mm. than like what matters in our hearts and that creates a society of people who don't care about each other
1: right so, um, made you're it in through, marriage counseling, went through the marriage counseling, and we, you know, figured out a better version of communication, but it still wasn't great. And I was like, Well, let's try to have a baby because that would right, because babies fix yeah. <laughs> And I was one of those people that, like, nothing, things didn't come easy for me, of course, medically or whatever. Like, I was the kid who had chicken pox twice. Well, I, t- I <laughs> just got shingles twice. Like, things that medically they're like, That's not going to happen, right. right? You're special. Yeah. Well, I'm not all that special, but it just was random stuff of like, really? So getting pregnant was not easy. Uh So we went through some really, really difficult things together, which even though the compatibility part of being together was very, you know, like you would. Look at he might like superheroes, and I'm like, what's a superhero?
0: Yeah. And
1: like, I don't think I want to watch that Marvel movie. Yeah. Again, selfish, selfish, selfish. Yeah. So we though did bond going through um, we had to do in vitro to have my daughter. And um, this is painful, but it's very important because I think a lot of couples go through this. Um, we had a miscarriage, we had I did three rounds of in vitro, and I was actually pregnant with triplets with my daughter and um wow mm-hmm. and at the end of the first trimester i there were 3 fetuses and one heartbeat wow but there had been three heartbeats and so my pregnancy was a roller coaster it just always was it just always was stuff that was out of my control and i'm just, so
0: glad you're speaking to that um they, that was not my experience but i know that women and their husbands or yeah. their spouses who go through this, it is Not a make massive or break. pressure. I mean, it's a make or break. So like picture the structure of a house and then on top of that house, you place the heaviest possible weights bearing down concrete and the heaviest possible weights for you guys was infertility for me was having a child with like life and death medical Mm -hmm. issues and the issues don't cause it. The infertility doesn't cause it. The medical issues don't cause it, but the structures that are holding it up, if they're not strong to begin with the cracks that were there become chasms.
1: Yeah. And I like everything was making me stronger. And then I would have some serious medical complications and I didn't know that this child in me was going to be okay until she was born of course and you know they can reassure you but you don't I mean I guess nobody especially with your experience right and you know so um I was so and I am so grateful that I have a healthy healthy girl who's now 14 Mm -hmm. but um you know that wasn't easy but we The irony is we had that foundation. I had this inner strength from this hard stuff that I would go through. I've had five near-death experiences in my life, like legit near-death, coding, seeing light. And I'm like, well, I'm back for a reason. I'm here for a reason. So I can do that. Yeah. Um, And then he was such a great caretaker. So he yeah. showed up for you medically, like when you were going through that medically, but did not emotionally process the. Um, yeah, everybody deals with it differently. Let yes. me say that. But um, you know, we we rallied for that. So because of that, on the outside and partly in the inside, he kind of let me take over and be like this powerhouse, and I'm like, yeah. nope, she's you know, which is probably why we can do this. And it's not as hard for us because we can rally doing hard stuff. By the way, I want to throw something out there for you. So
0: I'm so similar to you in terms of the powerhouse and the intensity and Mm -hmm. the ability to get through things. And what I found, and I strongly believe this, that if something down the road you want is another partner, like a life partner, that the right fit for people like me and you is to find someone as strong as us. For sure. Because... Thank you we need someone who is able to like go up against us. Like, cause we're a lot to handle. Like, so my husband, Jonathan, he is hardcore and we, when we fight, which is a lot, I always talk about that because I want people to know that fighting is not a bad thing. We use our voices a lot. Um, mm-hmm. We don't do it in a, a painful, hurtful way, but He's the first man of my entire life that has been willing to stand up against me and to call me out mm-hmm. and to, but he also is weak in areas that I am strong and he's yeah. strong in areas that I'm weak. And it is so refreshing to allow myself to have someone have my back.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's possible. and I, you know, I, I truly, truly believe that I believe um, it too. I, I have no doubt in my mind, you know, I, you know, no when you're no driving doubt.
0: around a, a really busy parking lot and it, lo- it seems like you're never going to find a spot. I always say to my kids, I only need one spot.
1: Uh-uh. Right. I only need one right.
0: spot. So like, I don't right. need all you of it. Know, the know
1: right. <laughs> They're like, Oh, you're divorced. Are you dating right. it? You know? And I was like, God, I provide. Have provide. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Like I already feel it. Yeah. I already feel it coming. Yeah. So, um, that so means, in the middle that, of all the hell, he's showing up but there's missing pieces so take me to
0: the end of like how you guys get to a place where like this
1: isn't working so the schedule of like ships passing in the night and then we had always put our daughter first and so we flip-flopped a lot and um, I was in three major major life-threatening car accidents and the last one was the absolute worst like I mean flew airborne, rolled three times in my car, and still survived. So um, imagine getting those calls. And He <laughs> works in the media, so he'd be like listening to the scanner and being like, please tell me that's not my wife. Wow. So, you know, the things that I had put others through, um, I have now taken responsibility for, and that has helped So back to towards the end, I would say, I was always looking for something. So the baby didn't change things. It made it better on the outside. And then I was like, well, maybe, I've always been a very spiritual person and my religion's always been really important to me. And this is really, really important. I went to Israel a couple times on a women's trip and I was like, you know, felt it in my soul. And in all fairness to him, he didn't want to embrace that in that capacity. Um, he didn't come into the marriage wanting to keep kosher and he was Jewish and really respected the fact that our daughter was at a day school and loved the learning for her. Just that's where he was at. And so I wanted to grow. I was like, this is it. And so I really tried to bring that in, not to the marriage, but for me to be a better person in order to open up and accept because, you know, very little 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 bit of me was like I'm gonna stay together for my kid. That was not in me at all because I knew better. I knew that she would be okay because we had been parenting so we'd been co-parenting while we were married. That's so, so interesting that you say that. And
0: actually that's not a bad thing. Um no. you know, one of the, medi- the the mediators that I like working with, she talks about that that she co parents well with her husband and this is not someone she's been divorced from, this is someone she's married yeah. to and I love that idea that you're co parent because I don't think we're taught that when we learn exactly, you know what I mean? But like, that's like what, what I think about with, with my ex-husband, my co-parent is, and I've just recently started this shift is we are in business together and the business we are in together is of raising awesome humans. And he is my business partner and our product is going to be awesome humans and what we just define as awesome humans is very, very close. Like we very much feel the same way about what that looks like. And if I focus on that with him rather than why are you doing this? Or why did you say it yep. like that? Yep. But it took me getting through the work and doing the work yep. to get to a place where the feelings were not running the show. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And you have to remove your ego.
0: Right. And I so know. what you're talking about right now happens to a lot of couples where one sure. couple whether it's religion or spirituality or adventure or uh, fitness or whatever, or change of lifestyle, one of them is trying to grow. And we have to remember that there are two humans in these marriages, right? Or these partnerships. And when one of us grows, it throws the balance off. And so the other person doesn't have to do the same thing, but they need to adapt together because you're not the same people that you're going to marry. And, be forever you're two humans growing and what i heard um on a podcast before that our job is with our partners is to be like in a spiritual relationship with them and that our our real goal is that we're pushing each other spiritually to grow yeah, and the right. very same thing happened with me to be healthy I,
1: yeah I, I started
0: seeking out like i want to find out like what a partnership's really supposed to look like and i started seeking out experts to help me. And I would say to my then husband, like, I want to do this with you. I want to grow with you. And he's like, I am fine. And it really was lonely. Yeah. And I remember having tears rolling to my face saying to one of the teachers, I'm afraid that I, if I do this work, that I'm going to lose my marriage. And the teacher said to me, if you have to choose between getting closer to who you are and your higher power, or losing your marriage. If he won't come with you, then you have to keep going.
1: Yep. Right. And, um, so that's why it's hard to say, like, when did I realize like inevitably, like I knew, so I started to grow more spiritually. Um, and then what started to happen is because the growth wasn't there mutually. Um, I really started to Outside of my marriage, I started getting really successful at work and I got to go to events. I got to do all this stuff on the outside and like, um, you know, but I had a husband, I had a kid and I got, I was free to be. So it was, there wasn't a partnership and because of his schedule, we really didn't have many couples that we would just go out with on the weekends for over half our marriage. He worked weekends. And so, you know, we just like, and again, like I use that as an excuse to work for me because then I didn't have to do that other stuff. And so this whole time I'm like looking really deep inside my soul and I squashed it. I started to like punish myself because I, I, you can't control another person in that way. So what happened was then I had this horrible, horrible car accident um, three years ago and the marriage wasn't that strong. By then it really, it wasn't. We were co-parenting and our daughter was doing great. She had some anxiety and I knew where that was coming from. So I needed to go get a lot of help. And that was like, I made this choice, like you said, if I need to, you know, I need to go find out who I am Go, go find my soul, and you know I had the checklist for the stuff that would make a good husband, and a child, and, and a dad. But I didn't have the checklist of like, what about connecting to my soul? What about growing together? You know, and sex was really it was it was good. It wasn't that we had problems. It was there was like a lack of or not an initiative of, and so you know I it wasn't resentment, but I was like, well, if you want this, you're going to have to do this. Like if I wanted a certain type of relationship like that, then this is what I needed to do. And totally not even in his conscious being whatsoever. And I was like, you know, okay. Um, So, and I'm a lot, I am a lot. So it was good that I could be outside in the world trying to help save the world and sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't but you know they say when you do all this volunteer work and you do this all this stuff outside of your home like what's also going on in your home that's where you should be it's great Mm -hmm. you do all those hours outside on this board and that board but what are you doing at home so what happened is I had to go away and get some help and really work on um, I had a lot of trauma I had a lot of trauma. I had a lot of work I had to do in my trauma. And I went away. I went to go out of state and I got help. And, um, when I was away, I really started to see like, there's something inside of me that needs to just come out and grow. And so I started to do the work on myself and doing that. Um, I came back and we went to marital therapy right away. And, um, the compatibility, just, I mean, the, the therapist. Did he want to stay? I th- think in a sense he would have. Just because it was easier? It was easier. It takes a lot of
0: work. Not because, work like, hard, right? he, you were his person, yeah. but, like, that's going
1: to be a big deal. Like, right, and I didn't always put him first, but he was putting right. me first, so right. he, he could work that. So take um, me up
0: to the place where you guys make the decision to get a divorce.
1: So we're in the therapist's office and she's um, basically like, you two just bring out the worst in each other. <laughs> we worked on, a, and it wasn't like the fighting fighting it was working on like communicating like pull, you know what it's like to pull out anything, yes. like blood out of a stone Yes. and banging your head up against a brick wall, yes. you know and, um, but sometimes people are not capable and I had well, to learn that. That's and, and that's I mean one
0: of the biggest things I've learned from my marriage and from relationships is that you have to love as is yeah if you don't love them as is sarah always says either love them as is or you need to leave because it's not fair to make somebody who is one way be a different way
1: 100 percent. and so you know the gift is now we get to not do that to anybody else and you know how was your divorce process amazing really? I don't know about tell how you told your daughter okay so we ended up um, because she was in school we ended up living together for over a year basically as roommates knowing we were getting divorced and she knew we were getting divorced so how did you we, tell her we told her at um, a year before we got divorced because um, we needed to stay in the house financially, and it was best for her. Plus, I had been away for several yeah. months, so we were trying to just bring this man together. Yeah. She got help, I got help, he got help, and he and also part of marital was working with her. Um, so we told her, and you know, I've heard you say this too. It it was one of the hardest things, like seeing her face. And she's an only child. She, yeah. has siblings. she has 12 cousins that are great, but she's going through this and she has such a close relationship. He's an amazing dad with both of us. Like I knew she was going to be okay. I knew yeah. it was going to be hard, but she also has the supports of the family. Yeah. One of the things that was really hard was the family stuff in the marriage, like just the dynamics of both yes. families. Like we do it this way, you do it that way. That's right. I always felt
0: like I was in bed with my mother-in-law. And I did not want to be in bed with my mother-in-law. Like, I like fun things in bed, and that's not something I. Think in bed. <laughs> I was gonna
1: say. No,
0: thank you. And I'm a mother so, of three boys, and I have to tell you, I'm very aware of that. And and yeah. God willing, one day when they bring home whether it's a man or a woman, I'm Whatever. gonna say to that person, I will never get in between your stuff. I am not first in my son's life. You will be. Yeah. And, yeah. Please tell me if you feel like I'm getting in your way because I do not want to do that.
1: No, you don't want to be that person. And yeah. and that's hard, especially from what the, the person I used to be and controlling and whatever. Yes. So we tell her and she's very upset, but the but we're living together. We're like, not a lot's going to change. We just want you to know. So a lot of people didn't know. And I will also say a lot of people weren't surprised at the end just from so much of the tumult and, you know, Working on ourselves. While you're
0: living together, are you
1: going? Do you have separate lawyers? Are you doing a mediator? What are you doing? We did a mediator. Okay. We did three rounds of mediation and done. Filed ourselves. That's nothing. I'm telling you, amazing. Filed ourselves, and it was really. Were there any things you disagreed about? Uh, And we were still living together. Um, You know, both of us came to this place um where I knew deep in my soul so I don't know if I was trying to be a good example and he followed you know like there was only so much money and whatever and I wasn't working I'm on disability because of my right. accident yeah. so and I look at things because my life was saved so many times And like what's really important so we could sit there in mediation and be like if that's going to be important I mean we sat there and like divided up the furniture I, it, that's so not important. It sounds like
0: you both came to the place of seeing the truth and you both made good, like you guys had a North Star divorce. You have a North Star divorce.
1: So when, yeah. And I didn't know it was called that, but yeah. we definitely, definitely did. And we, you know, we learned to communicate before and the mediator was amazing. He was a, he used to be a magistrate in divorce court. So he could say, listen, you could go down this road and this is what's going to happen. And it was not like painless, right. but, you know, when you look at it and it's the North star looking at whatever was best for our daughter, that's what we did. What and have so, been your
0: big stumbling blocks along the
1: path of divorce and single
0: parenting and co-parenting? Has there been anything that, I mean, you can't have perfect.
1: It, it's not perfect, but what is helpful is our families are totally on board. So like, nobody judged them. you and your families. No, they were like, okay, you know, and the part of that was because we were acting appropriately, you know, and you're your sister out, to pave the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, they want me to be happy. They want him to be happy. And, you know, we were married for so long that my nieces and nephews and his nieces and nephews were ours anyway. So, you know, we feel like we're like this example that we can show people that it can be done. And again, it's not easy. Like sometimes I have to, you know, keep people in check cause they'll make their judgments. I'm like, this is not, if you want to go tit for tat, yeah. don't do that because nobody's, there's no scorecard. Like what's best for her. So what did did you guys put
0: anything in your document um, that set it up, for example, like you make sure that you're together for holidays or birthdays or tell me what you did that to to ensure your daughter. It's written
1: out, but um, there's certain holidays that like, like July 4th, for example, they do a big thing and I don't really okay. care about that yeah. So I'm like, you can have her every July. And she right. wants to be with her cousins. Right. So we she's the North Star. Like our parenting holidays yes. are around. You know, but since we're both Jewish and we do certain holidays, we were able to kind of switch. Like if there's two nights of a holiday, we do yeah. one night yeah. first night, second night. Um and, ha- do and you do anything together? So Hanukkah we do, um I still will go to his family. Um, you know, That's my so nice. Him. My nieces and nephews were leaving for college last week, and he stopped by to say goodbye to them. He still talks, texts to some of the older ones. So are you still considered their aunt? I, they call me Aunt Jill, and they still That's call him Uncle so Mark, funny. so I hope so. Um, and Sammy, my daughter's really close with the ones around her age, which are more so on his side of the family, so I get to see them, but you know, it's nice, and my parents will take her so his schedule still is really nutty so when you ask about the schedule if he has to work it's not like well I'll take her this week since you have to work but then you take her why right I get to be with her right right I mean and you're flexible I think being flexible
0: is one of the most important things you possibly can do as a co-parent. It's only gonna through your it's, for kid them. And yeah, exactly. And yourself and the and your.
1: So, um, have either of you had a new relationship while you're divorced? No, we were both advised not to. Um, and you know, I don't know if he. I don't think he is. We ju- our divorce, our dissolution of marriage was just official. Just because of COVID, everything took forever. We did it virtually go to court virtually. And um, that was just this past May. And because of COVID, um, I'm one of those people that I am, like I say, thank God, brach Hashem. I am so grateful. I am not happy at all that people are dying and are sick or whatever. But that's another thing. If you look at it a certain way, you know, We got to move in with my parents and be there for them and they're there for us and we needed to make that decision because he was still going into work we needed to make a decision where are we going to like put our roots right now so we keep everybody safe so we moved into my parents um the end of march middle of march and Then, you know, we ended up selling like miracles happen if you just do the work and then other people Then I think off of us, you know, again, I don't want us to be like, it's awesome, but there's a way to do it where you can find some inner peace.
0: Can you tell me so the listeners don't think that you're like a fairy godmother? Give me an example of something you struggle with.
1: I still struggle with some of his passivity. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd have to look at it a certain way. Um, like when I, you're trying to make a decision about something and it just takes, you know, a while to get there. We sold <laughs> a house together, right? We sold a house together. Yeah. Divorced. I, I
0: lady, I lived, we in the, and we did not have an amicable divorce legally. And ours was seven months in the house we built together. Yeah. I think showing the little kids, throwing everything in the car trying to make everybody clean having multiple bedrooms i mean it was insane yeah yeah i get it so i
1: will say we had separate bedrooms as soon as we um made the decision yeah and told our daughter because that was part of telling her is like i wanted we wanted her to it's know also confusing to them right so but we were like here's the truth what are you going to say to the truth at her level and that's another thing. They don't need to know everything, but you know, and again, it's not perfect. I'm a very controlling person. So I, if there could be a gold medal in like telling people what to do and picking on them, that be me. And do I you have anything in
0: your document about what happens when a significant other comes in the picture.
1: Um, I, I'm trying to think, um,
0: like how you're going to introduce them or is that, or is it, we don't have it
1: written out you just have a good communication that you guys we have a good communication we don't have it written out and he's you know it's like it's last on my list and you know he also had to move and right. like, all that stuff and COVID took priority right now so it's going to be really interesting to see like for me I'm like grateful to be able to like date somebody because of COVID right. get to know them on the inside right and I'm without letting him them to touch your happy. body Right. I want him to be happy. Now I'm sure I'll be judgmental of the person, but I do trust he's a very like be able to love unconditionally. Yeah. So I I think
0: the most important thing for um, me to share with you out of this experience and for any listeners, if they if your significant if your co-parent is about to have a significant other come into your children's life is the importance of letting that person know, which I do with my husband, that the The guidelines we set up for our children in order for them to have a North star divorce are sacred and cannot be touched
1: yeah and
0: um if the person that either parent ends up bringing into their lives isn't on board with that, it can cause a lot of problems because the way that we're doing this, the way that you're doing this, the way that I'm doing this is not the norm, yeah, and having. Togetherness and holidays and showing up and being there is not how America typically does divorce, right? And so, not
1: talking badly about them but, or like, oh my god.
0: So, with me, with Jonathan, he and I, from the beginning, were like, no, listen, our kids come first on both sides, and you go have dinner with your kids' mom for their birthday, and you do this. I, I mean. When COVID was happening and we were worried about money, I said, "Why don't you go move in back with her?" And he's like, "Are you crazy?" Um, <laughs> but, but like, I'm saying that I want what's best for the kids yep. and in ev- everyone's kids. Absolutely. But you have to make sure that your co-parents are on board with that because yes. that can change the dynamic so much. And I just interviewed an awesome woman who's also a co-parenting coach yesterday, and she told me that she considers her ex-husband's new wife. Part of her co parenting family, like it's great. He's like, She is helping raise my children, and I'm yeah, like, that's amazing,
1: you know. And I think, too, because you know, my daughter's 14, I mean, in four quick years, I don't want her to move anywhere. I know, quickly, it's gonna it go so fast, yeah. So, you know, I'm grateful that she's at a stage, you know, t- teenage is hard enough, but that, um it's not somebody like disciplining her when she's two years old. But and it after, sounds you know. like if you guys keep on the path you're going on, cause she mm-hmm. only
0: has four years left of time with you guys all the time. Yeah. is That she's going to get to come back from wherever she goes and not have to feel split. Yep. And not have to be like, I have to go here and then I have to leave and go to dessert here that you guys are going to work together. So she yep. doesn't have to feel the unneeded, you know, it doesn't have to happen for her.
1: Right. And we, um, you know, like his new apartment, we'll go over there and, um, but with really good boundaries. And I'm like, I feel totally comfortable over there. And he feels comfortable walking into my parents' house. I mean, we've been in each other's lives 20 years. Right. And if anything, it, the North Star piece is like, let's be a good example to show her yeah. that this is, can be done.
0: Right. You know. The last question for you is we yeah. you could talk forever. We could what advice do you have for any men or women who are standing at the precipice of this massive decision who've done the work and are like we know we need to get a divorce what advice do you have for them
1: i would say if they could go to a counselor to counsel them through that process that was extremely helpful because there's activities where you, you listen and then you repeat back what you think you heard. And then the person then can, you know, and then you have a third party there. So if you have some issues where there are disagreements, because there will be disagreements. You mean about how to go about the process of the legal yep. part of it? Okay. Yeah. Not just the legal stuff, the emotional component right. of it. Right. Right. You know, have your own therapist. You have your own. Um, And, you know, this was my version. There's obviously his version, whatever. So that's why that third person was really, really helpful to walk you through. Because when you're struggling, like, do we make this decision? It's really helpful because somebody else is looking at it through a different lens. And they may not, nobody's trying to change anybody's mind. Right. Um, And then, you know, do whatever you can to take care of yourself. Yes. Yes. And when you're not
0: with your kids, this is the opportunity. And I'm going to have my friend Scott Simon on soon about like, what's next, um, about he told me that when I'm not with my kids, which is painful for me because I miss them so much because I love them massively is I needed to create a life for myself that I'm excited to, to be living to, even though when they pull out of the driveway, I'm sad, I get to go do something that empowers and excites me.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm not glad to have her gone, but I have peace of mind knowing that she's so happy to be with her dad. And they need that. They need. And then, so there's no jealousy. There's no, right. like, I'm grateful. Look at all that she gets. So I would say that would be really helpful. And, and it's so huge to take care of yourself. So you can have that life for yourself. Yes. Thank and you, thank the you rest so much. Comes.
0: For I can't wait. I'm so happy for you. I'm excited to watch you on this journey.
1: Thank you, you are
0: lit up. Let. Thank you. I'm so
1: you. grateful. Thank you for having me. I am yeah. so, so, so grateful to know you Thank and you. I'm honored to call you a friend. Thank you. And your work is so inspirational. So you just keep doing you. Thank, Thank you. Love you. Have an awesome day. Love you love. too. For any
0: listeners who would like to go deeper into my story, check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, available in paperback, audio, or digital. Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. On Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and IndieBound. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and for the world around us. Have a great day.